0: Triple HFM Sports, in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants, HK Post, Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports, welcomes you to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. Here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso.
1: Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com. Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. Anthony The Bull Caruso with you and we're going to make a shift in our preview season for the summer from cricket to football. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the A-League is back up and we're starting off in a matter of weeks. The, The beautiful game returns for another season and I'll tell you what, with some of the transfers in particular to talk about this year, this A-League could, season could be the most hotly anticipated season for a number of years. Unfortunately, our usual crew joining us on the panel won't be with us here tonight, but that just means we have to go out and get a big guest with us. So with that, we, we've brought in someone who has NPL experience, a little bit of A-League experience, La Liga experience. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he is back to join us. Michael Lloyd Green, good evening to you.
2: Hey, good evening, mate. What an introduction. <laughs> Great to be back, man. Thank you so much for that. Looking forward to talking about the A League today with you, man.
1: Absolutely. It's a club, it's a competition that's often been maligned from other areas of the media, but has now developed a very solid reputation. Maybe not so much in terms of the best football quality, but certainly. A competition that is known to breed players and almost becoming a bit of a selling competition now.
2: Yeah, absolutely, mate, absolutely, and and especially like last year, we've seen a lot of young Aussie blokes coming through, um, pushing those spots for the for the foreign imports, man. And some of them even actually, you know, got sent out before they even played. A couple of games, just because of all that young talent coming through. So it's really exciting, man, for the future of um, Aussie football. And and also, there's been a big signing this this year as well for the A League, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, mate, it's it's looking good. I'm really really looking forward to the next season.
1: Twelve teams to go through. Of course, this will be the second year of the expanded competition, and it looks like it could go even further. So with that, the referees in position, the ARs are in position, the lineups are ready to go. So let's get started, ladies and gentlemen. This. Is Splinters. And we're going to kick things off tonight with our first team in alphabetical order. It is Adelaide United, managed by Carl Viart. They finished fifth last year and made the semifinals and a couple of interesting transfers. First off, uh, Michael, the players who have left the, the club, the two big names that have left them. First off, Ryan Strain. Off mm. to Maccabee, Haifa in Israel. The mm. big one, though, they have lost Tommy Urich, who has gone to MacArthur
2: FC. Yeah, absolutely, man. Tommy Urich is, uh, is a machine. Like, I mean, you know, he's not the most prolific goal scorer out there, but, man, just his presence. He's just a huge guy, isn't he? one meter 91 I mean, you know, he does a lot up there, up front, man. A good hold-up man. He's, he's a big loss, man. He's a really, really big loss. Mm. And the, the
1: couple of the other... Um, sort of bit part players in there. Pacific Gabar has gone to Perth Glory and Al-Hassan Toure leaving the code to MacArthur FC. They picked up a couple of handy players coming in. First off, George Blackwood returning from Oldham Athletic, a club you know fairly well in England.
2: Yeah, mate, absolutely. Like, that's a that's a really, really good signing for me, man. I think Blackwood's going to be a great addition to the side. I don't know. What do you think, man? Do you reckon he's going to be... As good as like the guys are saying he is, or I, I don't think he's going to be quite
1: in the same class as uh, Yorick, yeah. but he's going to be a handy handy acquisition, and he and he knows Adelaide like he's yeah. a, he's an Adelaide ex boy, so uh, okay. he should know the club fairly well. For me, the yeah. big signing though, Asias <laughs> returning from Al Wakara.
2: Mate, I'm so glad you said that name before me because far out. There's so many different ways to pronounce that name, but yeah, Os- Osias, um, absolutely, man, what a gem of a player he is, man. Can't wait to see him again. Far out.
1: A couple of your, Sp- a couple of other Spanish players who have sort of come through Adelaide United, developed that bit of reputation for being a destination for for Spanish players, yes. especially considering during the days of Yosop Gombao and learning tiki taka football.
2: For sure, man. Like when I was, um, you know, in Spain for the last few years, I remember so many of the boys over there who were playing good level, they were good quality boys who were like, can you get me uh, an intro into Adelaide United? Like everyone had heard about Adelaide United, just because it was just such a Spanish influx, wasn't it, man? And and they played good football and everything like that. So so yeah, man, it's very well known over there. They're probably the most famous club over there in Spain because of it. And obviously, the tiki taka football was was beautiful to watch, man. So hopefully oh, when they-, they got it
1: when they got it right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no there's no lack of talent in this in this Adelaide United lineup. They still got the likes of Ben Halloran, Kusini, Yangi, and Kusini
2: and. One of the
1: more underrated strikers in the competition is Mohamed Toure.
2: Absolutely, man. Mohamed Toure, I rate him as well, man. Totally. Like, I think he's he's a very, very good player and he doesn't get enough credit, man. So, yeah, they've got a really strong lineup if you look throughout the whole team. And Craig Goodwin as well, great, great player there. And, man, as we said before, Isaias, I mean, they're a bloody good side, in my opinion. Uh, they finished in the top six last year.
1: I, I see them finishing there again. My only concern is because Tommy Urek did have a Decent year last year. He was amongst the top five goal scorers. Yeah. They need to go find those goals there. Mm-hmm. And I think they they can just stay up. But for mine, they would be the most likely team to drop out of the top six.
2: Yeah, yeah. Fair enough, man. Like, that's a fair call. I honestly believe that they're going to finish fifth. Just because, mate, they still have Carl Vert. They're like, you know, he's been around now since 2020, I think it is. He's got a bit more experience. He knows what he's doing, you know. And they've got a size back as well, man. Really good player. As you said about Jurich, I understand, man. Like, that's a good point. But, you know, I think, you know, they've got Toure, as we said before, and, and some really, really good boys on their books. Yeah, man, definitely fifth for me, I reckon.
1: We then go to the next team, the Brisbane Raw, who, who are managed by Warren Moon. They finished fourth last year in the qualifying finals. Uh, The one player to leave was their Japanese import, Riku Danzaki, who has returned to Consodol Sapporo at the end of his loan period. They've also lost um, Joe Champness. Again, another loan spell finishing. He returns to the Jets. Macaulay Gillespie back to Plymouth Argyle in England. But a couple of very handy pickups this year. Nikolai... Milanovic, the, the Australian returning from Randers FC in the Danish league. Yeah. And Luka Vanovic from Sydney FC. This is a team that re- rebounded very well after the very sudden departure of Robbie Fowler. Probably some would say one of the more controversial moments in his career.
2: Yeah, man, absolutely. That was just, yeah, I think it took everyone by left field that. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think they have come back pretty well and they look like they've recruited really well, man. Like, uh, I mean, that malusin, Like, oh, man, I can't even pronounce the name. How do you say it? Nik- Nikola malusin malusin <laughs> Malus- yeah. Yeah, yeah but, it is. It is, like, just a little fun fact, man. He's one of the fastest players in the world, man. <laughs> did you know that, brother? He's I like, did not know that. Yeah, one of the fastest players in the world. Recorded at, like, I think it was, like, 36 kilometres an hour in games, man. It's it's incredible. Like, if you see some of the highlights, he's, he's quick as lightning, that bloke. And Luke Ivanovich, man, like, i <laughs> definitely rate that guy as well, man. Real good young player. Really you know, cool head in front of goal. I think he's a great pickup as well, man. Like I think they've they've probably got a big, big season in them. And because of their defence as well, mate, you you know yourself, the defence is is awesome. Yeah, indeed, second best defence in the competition. Uh very solid line. I mean a defensive
1: lineup with Scott Neville, Corey Brown, Tom Aldred, yeah. and I think Josh Brindle South as well. It's a very
2: solid line- defensive unit. Oh absolutely man. Absolutely yeah and I think they're just gonna likely improve this season as well, mate. Up. I- I think they're just going to go from strength to strength, and I think they're on their way. Also, man, if they keep in this progression, just to coming becoming what Brisbane Roar used to be back in the day, you know, when they had uh, Coglu there and they were just winning all those championships. I think they could potentially go back to that, you know, if given the right time with Warren Moon in charge. Like, what are your? <laughs> Ed- it, it'll
1: be. It, I think it'll be a different style. Postacoglu, yeah. um, playing his very, very popular Ange Ball. Yeah. Very, you know, very direct. Um, loves the short, the short sharp passing and the and the, the style of distribution. Yeah. I mean, it was during the day, the days of when they were when everyone was starting to refer to them as Raw Salona.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and but. The players they had there at the time that you could do that, yeah, you man, know, yeah, especially yeah. with the likes of Thomas Broich and Bess Barisha in the uh, in the lineup, two players who loved to just knock the ball around very quickly.
2: Yeah, man, absolutely. Oh man, just just you speaking about them now, I miss those days, dude. Like watching those guys play, they were they were quality quality side, and yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It would be a different style. But, yeah, but I still think, you know, the bones are there to be able to, to build something good for the future, for sure.
1: For mine, I think they remain in the top four. Me too. Uh, I could see them making space up to the big two
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, yeah. out of all of them. I, I just I just wonder, the only thing I'm sort of wondering is, do they have someone to replace the loss of Riku Danzaki? Because yeah. we've seen what it's like in the A-League when they do pick up these Japanese in, these Japanese imports, they tend to take the competition by storm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, mate. It's so true. Absolutely right, man. The, the Japanese imports, like, I don't know what it is, but they just they rip it up a lot of the time in, in the league. They go so, so well. But honestly, I think they've done well with Ivanovic there. I honestly believe the same as you, though, that they're probably going to end up in fourth again. And not because they're not going to have a great year or better than last year, just the three teams in front of them are just going to, be better this year. <laughs> like they're just going to do yeah. even better. That's that's what I think.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We then move on to the the Central Coast Mariners, and I uh, look the a lot of movement in terms of players coming out. Mm-hmm. Some of them are going to some of them are going to impact. But let's 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 deal with the elephant in the room straight away. <laughs> Alan Alan Staggich leave resigning from the club pretty much after the new owners told him that there would be no investment into the
2: team. Yeah, man, that's that's pretty bad, isn't it, mate? Like, if you're a Central Coast Mariners fan, you've got to be spewing with that because it does just say a lack of ambition, totally, you know, and you'd sort of have to agree with the coach. Like, if I was him, I probably would have left as well. If there's no sort of future investment, if they're not really looking to, to move to the next level and you're ambitious, mate, why would you stay around, you know? And this is and this is a guy who's
1: this season in particular has been the, indeed the last fourteen months you could say has been a vindication yeah. for Stagic, especially after what happened yes. with his the end of his tenureship as the head coach of the Matildas.
2: Yeah, mate, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's pretty heartbreaking for me to see him leave. Is just. Ah, oh, mate, it's not good to see. It's not good for the league, I don't think either. And Central Coast Mariners, like, they've always been my team, you know, my favourite team as well. Um, but it's just. That, they've let me down a bit there with that, with that, mate. To be honest, it's it's it's
1: heartbreaking as well, I, especially given the club developed a reputation for over the years for being able to punch so far above its weight, and yes. all on the, running on the smell of an oily rag yes. to to keep them going. The days when Laurie McKinnon were getting these guys regularly into the finals, Graham Arnold finally got them that premiership as yeah. well. Uh, with a a bunch of no-namers.
2: Yeah, man. And it's like, it's great and everything. You know, we we all like that, you know, hard luck underdog story. But, you know, it's about time they stop struggling, I think. Like, they've sort of done it enough years. They've been there for long enough. It was time to invest. I mean, maybe they just don't have the money. I don't know. But, you know, I think it was the time. It was the time to step up and really put their mark down. But they didn't. They haven't. And who knows how it's going to end up this year. But I still think they're going to have a good year. Despite that,
1: going through the, the, the players that have transferred in for mine, the there's, there's two players. Hmm. I think that's going to hurt in terms of the the loss from the established stars. The first one, Daniel Da
2: Silva on his way to MacArthur FC. Yeah, man. I I couldn't believe they sold Daniel Da Silva. Like that, that guy's gold. Like he's a really, really good player. Really skillful. Sets up great goals. Great to watch. Yeah, but they've let him go, and and that for me is going to take away a lot of that spark, you know, that the team has. But
1: the other one, the other one for mine is Jack Clisby. Yeah, yeah. a very hardworking player. He's off to Perth Glory, yeah. and he really was that engine room in that in that very sort of potent spine of the team, which was basically himself. De Silva, and then Matt
2: Simon up front. Yes, mate. Absolutely. For me as well, the same as you said, like he was a core member of that side that kept them ticking over, you know, and without him, they're losing a big, big cog there in the middle for sure. They have picked up a couple of players uh, of note. First
1: off, Noah Smith from Adelaide United, I think a very handy, now here's one for you, a very handy defender in Storm Row who joined from Melbourne Victory.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Stormrows good experience there. Very handy. As you say, mate. That was a very good pickup. I was happy to see that that come in for sure. For sure.
1: And for mine, the wild card in this is the the acquisition of Nikolai Mueller yeah. from Western Sydney Wanderers, the big German midfielder. Made a bit of a name for himself at Western Sydney Wanderers in a positive light. Yeah. And he's going to come into the Central Coast Mariners lineup. Not lacking in work ethic. But it's just – the question is if the class is going to be there.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's just one of those hit or miss signings. Is I really feel the same, mate. I don't know if it's going to go one – it's definitely just going to go one way or the other with him, I think. you know, it's, it's either just not going to pan out and he's not going to be playing much or he might – turn into a really solid member, but I, I can't, I don't really see it happening with him with Central Coast Mariners. I just don't really feel like he's going to fit in there, but, but Hey, prove me wrong, mate. I hope so.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's, it, Nick Montgomery's going to have his work cut out to try and keep them yeah. to try and keep this team where it was. They finished third last year. It was a brilliant season for the Mariners. Yeah. Uh I think they dropped to the middle four. They're at risk, I think, of dropping even further back, and they're going to have to get a couple of years mm. to sort of re- to re-establish themselves with Stagic gone.
2: Yeah, no, fair call, man, fair call. Absolutely. Like, I honestly felt like this is the year that they could have gone further if they had Stagic in there. Absolutely. I think they could have gone second or, you know push for that grand final spot. I still think they're going to have a great year. I still think they're going to go third only because, and I know this is, you know, maybe you don't agree, but they've still got Matt Simon there. They've still got Birgitte. They've got Bozanic. You know, they've got some really good players still there and they're, they're a very solid squad. They know how to play. They know how to play together. They know what their style is. And I think they're just going to be very hard to break down for any side. Nothing spectacular, but I think they're going to get the job done and they're going to finish up in third just for consistency, more than anything. Uh, look, any team
1: that's got the favourite player from A League memes, the Wizard of Woy, Woy <laughs> in Matt Simon, is always going to be a chance of something happening. Yeah. And that the, only thing, the only thing I request, the only thing I request out of anything else, yeah. is that we get the return of the Master Food sauce bottles.
0: <laughs> master Food sauce bottles. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, we want mate. the
1: bar- we want the barbecue sauce guy back we want him back okay absolutely he's favorite mascot of all time
2: <laughs> absolutely man absolutely so if the
1: central coast mariners and master foods are listening yeah you are on notice we want the barbecue sauce guy back
2: <laughs> couldn't agree more mate i second that
1: <laughs> let's move on to macarthur fc uh, it was a good start they had last season, made the finals. Ante Milicic has done a very solid job with this, with this team so far. They're going to go through a bit of uh, quite a bit of change because just like with Western United, they went for Dad's Army to start off with and two of them have now, two of them now um, left or retired yeah. in particular. Matt Derbyshire has gone to AEK Lanaka in Cyprus, Mark Milligan, that old war horse, he has finally retired. Yeah. And the other retirement, Markel Su- Su- Susaita, has uh, retired as well. Mm-hmm. A couple of interesting releases as well with um, Ivan Franik and Miloslav Popovich along with Yanni Nikolaou all released and all on the free market. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what,
2: mm-hmm.
1: if I was an A-League club, I'd be chomping at the bit to sign Ivan Franic.
2: Yeah. Dude, I thought that was a typo when I saw that. Like, I was like, "Are you serious? They released even Franjic?" Man, that guy's gold. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if he was not in your, your, you know, first team lineup, he's just a great guy to have in the squad. He's just got experience. He's a good player. I, maybe there was, you know, some sort of clash with the Milicic. I don't know, but I can't really understand why they would let him go. But yeah, I agree with you, man, completely.
1: Mind you, when you look at the transfers in, this is why I think Macarthur is not going to be suffering a second-year syndrome here. We've mentioned Tommy Urich coming over from Adelaide United. We've mentioned Daniel Da Silva coming from Central Coast Mariners. They've also picked up Craig Noon from Melbourne City. And I think for mine, one of the buys of the year, Ulysses Davila from Wellington Phoenix, the Mexican midfielder.
2: What a crack of a player. What a legend, man. Awesome playmaker. Great left peg. Scores goals. Sets them up. Just exciting to watch, man. Like, awesome. Like, the signings that they've made, honestly, for me, they're going to be one of the best teams to watch in the league. And if they click together, you know, De Silva and Davila and Juric is scoring the goals and Noon's there as well. Like, mate, that's going to be gold, that team, especially, you know, obviously an attack. It's going to be amazing. The one thing, mate, that you didn't mention before, though, that I heard yesterday. Now, I don't know if this is fake news, but I'm pretty sure it's true. Um, Feder Adam Federici, retired as well because of injury. So he won't be on the books um, for MacArthur this year, unless that's fake news. But, but yeah, that's, that's no, a That's big confirmed.
1: Report. That is yeah. confirmed, ladies and gentlemen. He has... Officially yeah. retired. That is a huge loss for Macarthur yeah. FC. It looks like he's um he, he looks like he's he's retired yeah. due, to due to injury. So yeah. um very very sad yeah. Yeah. to see. And it, it comes after his good friend in in Mark Milligan retired as well. So yeah,
2: yeah exactly. So yeah, a lot of retirements there. Yeah, as you said, Susaeta and Benyat from you know the Athletic Bilbao signings. They've you know gone and. Yeah, a lot of a lot of retirements, but mate, the people that they brought in, ah, oh, gold. I can't wait to see them play, honestly. And
1: they're not lacking in in talent. That's already there. The likes of Anthony Golic, who's been in the A League forever and a day, Tommy Orr, the former sock, the former Socceroo, yeah. Jake Holman, who's been on the periphery of the Socceroos for ages as well. Uh, they've also picked up Al Hassan Toure as well. This is a handy lineup.
2: Yeah, yeah, mate, absolutely. It's just, I think it's, you know, a really, an upgrade, really, from what they had even last year, even despite those, you know, retirements. Like, I think they should be really, really good. And uh, I don't think they're going to have any problem having a good year this year. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Where, where do you think they're going to end up on the table, man? I think they break into the top four. Oh, yeah? Oh, wow. I cool. think they break into the top four. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. That's a good – like, they could possibly. I, I think so, too. They could very, very well do that. I see them just outside, man. I see them uh, as number six. Yeah, I see them finishing sixth on the ladder. I think they're going to have a great year up front, and in attack, they're going to be great to watch. I just – I don't know. I think they're just going to leak a few goals here and there. I just get the feeling, you know. But but still, especially without Federer there, more than anything, when I heard that Federici is retired uh, – I don't know, man. I don't know how they're going to go with the new goalie back there, but we'll see how it goes. Well, let's
1: move on to Melbourne City, um, managed by Patrick Cusnobo. They finished first last year. They, all, they did the double um, and a very quiet transfer season for them in terms of volume, but not lacking in terms of value. We mentioned Craig Noon leaving for MacArthur FC, hmm. but two great signings for them this year. First off, Let's, we'll go through them individually because they're both massive signings. First off, yeah. Matthew Leckie joining from Hertha Berlin.
2: Yeah, so good to see Leckie back. Oh, man, he's, he's gold. I've, I've always really, really rated Leckie. Like, good, solid player, very, very fast, you know, can add a lot in the attack. Oh, man, I think he's going to just light the A-League on fire this year, especially after playing in Germany, getting that experience. Uh, what do you recommend? Do you think he's going to gonna have a good I think he's
1: I think he's going to go even better than he did last time he was out here. This is a, this is a great signing. And the great thing about Leckie as well is you can stick him up front or you can stick him out wide. Yes,
2: yes, yes. Uh, that's exactly right. He's very, very versatile. And, yeah, wherever you put him in attack, he's going to give you a, a really, really good good uh, performance, I reckon.
1: And then you've got Manuel Pucciarelli, who has yeah. signed from Chievo, Verona. Mm. Uh, another very handy Lineup uh, addition to the lineup, and when you consider this attack lineup, yeah. Lecky, Jamie McLaren, yeah. Andrew Naboot, Stefan Kolakowski, yeah. and now you add in Manuel Puccerelli, Yeah, they're, they're going to be squabbling over each other for the front for, for what will be a traditional front three for Patrick Kisnorbo.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, they already had a great uh, great season last year. They already had a great squad. You know, they won. They're obviously champions. But then they put in Leckie and this guy Pucciarelli from Kiev at Verona. And I checked him out because I didn't know much about him, but I was checking out his stuff um, the other day. And, mate, just checking him out on YouTube, the dude is, is a gun, you know. Like, he has played in the Serie A. He scored really good goals against Juventus, you know, Inter Milan. Like, he's got that experience and he's... On his day, I mean, he's a great, great player. Like probably more acting as a second striker, I think, you know, just behind from what I could see. Um, But he just looks really, really good, really good value. I think he's going to be one of the best signings this year by far.
1: I I, I see them favourites to go back to back. There's no questions about it.
2: Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I, I'm actually going to say second this year. Eh? I You're don't gonna think say second. Gonna go back. No, I, I think they're going to make the grand final, but I don't think they're going to. No, they're not going to win it this this time. Is this
1: a team that would come first in the Premiership, though, in the league?
2: Ah, uh, yeah. Look, um, I don't. If, I still don't think so. I think there's another team. Uh, I'll tell you later. <laughs> you probably already well, there
0: know
2: we go. I'm going to say. But, yes, there's another one that's going to have a better season.
1: We then go to our last team before we go to the break, and it is the Melbourne Victory. It was a season from hell last year for the victory, and it reflected with what has happened. And it's like whenever this guy turns up to become your new manager, you know what the first thing he's going to do. And, Michael, guess what? It's happened again. <laughs>
2: Oh my god, Popovich, right? Far out. <laughs> yeah, what a what a story, man. But um, oh mate, I don't know. It's a bit sad the whole Melbourne victory thing, don't you think, at the moment? Like a terrible year last year. I'm I'm sure this year they're gonna do better than last year, though, don't you think?
1: It can it can only get better for them. And when you <laughs> consider when you consider that Tony Popovich has hit his favorite button, and it's this it just brings up that scene from The Simpsons when Homer comes out and goes, now. This is the easiest part of any coach's job, the cut. And while I haven't been able to cut everyone I've wanted to, I have cut a lot of you. And when you go through this lineup, you can see exactly what is done. Hold on to your seats, ladies and gentlemen. Nick Ansell to Adelaide United. Storm Road to the Central Coast Mariners. Mm -hmm. Elvis Kamsoba to Sydney FC. Mm -hmm. Callum McManamum to Tranmere Rovers. Jacob Butterfield has been released. Matthew... Bosniewski yeah. yeah. to the Wellington Phoenix on loan. Adama Traore yeah. to the Western Sydney Wanderers. No, not that Adama Traore that's yeah. playing over in the Premier League at the moment, although they are pretty similar builds. Yeah. And Dylan Ryan has left to go back to Netherlands at the end of his loan spell, back to Willow Two, he has basically blown the team up.
2: Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's a complete overhaul, isn't it? Like he's just said, no, nah, I want a whole new starting fresh new palette to work from, which is fair enough after their last year. I mean, geez, if you're a fan of Melbourne Victory, anything, you know, any changes are better than what happened last year. But mate, it is a huge overhaul. Like it's it's crazy how many people they brought in, and especially from Perth Glory, it looks like one of the favourite clubs to bring people in from. From this guy, <laughs> oh,
1: he, he well, a lot of these guys have probably journeyed around him. It's like when in the rugby league, if Wayne Bennett goes to a particular club, you know you're going to get an entire swath of um, players following yeah. him straight yeah. over. So, but the, the, there's no lack of talent in terms of who he signed. Jason Guerrier from Perth Glory, Chris yeah. Economides from Perth Glory. Nick yeah. D'Agostino from Perth Glory. Yeah. Jason Davidson has come back to Australia from Ulsan Hyundai. Matt Spranovich, one of his favourite players.
2: Yeah.
1: Roderick, Modric Miranda from Gaziantep in Turkey. Brendan yeah. Hamill from Western United. Mm-hmm. And here is one. to Here are two players in particular who follow him back from Greece yeah. and both big players in Josh Bralante yeah. and Ivan Kalava.
2: Yeah, mate, absolutely. I think, mate, these signings are... Like very very good signings to start another season with these guys and improve for sure improve definitely from last year with these signings especially in defence if you really look at the signings I mean it's it's to improve that that terrible defence that they had last year and I think they will definitely and Briante that is a great signing to bring back for me like I I could see you getting excited when you're talking about him and he's just a great player to watch isn't he.
1: One of the more fascinating ones is they've also gone the Italian route. They've signed Francesco Margiotta, mm. also from Chievo Verona. So he's come over with his former teammate, Manuel Puccarelli, mm. although to the opposite side of Melbourne. Yeah. Um, but again, as you said, like Tony Popovich, he's, he, he's got a particular style and his style is very much stacked. The midfield with guys that can play midfield or defence. And he's got that in
2: numbers in this team now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely he does. You know, being a former defender himself, you know, obviously he values that, uh, being able to, you know, defend as well as attack in that midfield position. But um, they've definitely got that this year. And I, I think it's going to improve, like, if not anything, at least they're going to concede less goals, which means an improvement in the position for sure.
1: I see them, I can see it only getting better for the victory. I think they'll make the biggest move out of any of the clubs in terms of the number of positions they rise up. I think they'll get into the middle four, but they need another season before you can say they'll be competing for titles.
2: No, we're almost on the same on this one. Yeah. I'm going to say they're going to finish seventh exactly in that middle four as well. But absolutely. If, if they can do well this year, they can, form a solid bond between them and continue with the same type of team and with Popovich in charge without any big, big changes the next time, then absolutely, man, it's onwards and upwards.
1: That That's a big call to say whether there's going to be big, big changes next year because we know how Popper operates with this yeah. kind of thing. So it's a big call to make. Well, ladies and gentlemen, We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have part two of our preview of the 2021-22 season. This is Splinters, the Bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au, available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby Korean Guide Post, the Hornsby RSL, and ISC Sports. We'll be right back.
0: It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes, so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants, they are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM.
2: Bowling is back in Hornsby. The Attic offers a 10-pin bowling experience like no other, with Australia's first-ever augmented reality scoring experience that will take your game to a whole new level. With a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, the Attic Entertainment Precinct is
1: complete with a bar and lounge area to keep you entertained for hours. Specialising in kids' parties and celebrations, the Attic at Hornsby RSL Club is perfect for your next special
2: event. Whether it be an afternoon out with the kids or a night out with friends, It will be an unforgettable occasion that will bowl you and your guests over. Visit our website,
1: theattichornsby.com.au for more information. The Attic, proud sponsors of Triple
2: H to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport Teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian owned and fully customizable, ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey as well as training and outerwear. Ensuring you look the part when representing your community. As Don Rizzuto would say, look sharp, and play pretty with isc sport visit their website isc sport.com for more information isc sport official clothing partners of triple h 100.1 fm streaming on the web at
0: www.triplehfm.com.au welcome back to splinters your no holds barred sports podcast
1: Welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. Anthony The Ball Caruso with special guest Michael Lloyd Green going over the preview for the A-League season for 2021-22. We've just gone through the first six teams and we're now going to start the second six teams. I'm going to start off Up the other end of the M1, it is the Newcastle Jets, managed by Arthur Pappas. And in all the time of Triple H Sports doing the A-League preview, we've seen teams, Michael, where they've blown it up and restart. Mm -hmm. But I have never seen anything as big as this Mm -hmm. where two-thirds of the entire squad, not the team, the
2: squad, brand new. Yeah. Oh, mate, this is a huge, huge overhaul, isn't it? Like, and so many players released, you know, obviously they were not happy with how they went last year and they've decided to just change things up completely, which, you know, ain't a bad thing, obviously. Sometimes it works, but the quality that they brought in, I don't think it's good enough to, to really warrant a better position than they got last year, that's for sure. What do you think?
1: I, I think they're going to struggle, and certainly some of the names that they've lost. There's there's experience that has gone straight out the door. Yeah. Nigel Bugard has announced his retirement. Ali Abbas has been released. Roy O'Donovan. This is the big surprise because a week after Roy O'Donovan announced he was announced that he was being released from Newcastle Jets, they've announced that it has been announced that he has now been signed on. By Sydney Olympic for NPL New South Wales. He's gonna be playing in front of your good mate, Brendan Shalakian.
2: Oh, jeez, Louise. Are you serious? What a signing, mate. <laughs> the National Premier League. Far out. Yeah, fair enough. Like, I was gonna say, man, like some of these um these movements I've been been seeing. Got me a little bit, bit depressed, man. Because when I used to play, I still think of myself as fairly young, but obviously I'm not anymore. Because a lot of the boys used to play with are retiring; they're getting released, like Bogart. I used to play with him and Millsy, and and you know we're getting old. It's crazy, <laughs> but it's it's the way of the world, man. And yeah, far out. It's just some of these signings.
1: <laughs> how do you think Chock? How do you think Chock must be thinking right now? He's just now got a Roy O'Donovan sitting right in front of him.
2: Oh, no, I know, I know. He wouldn't believe it, would he? Like, he's, oh, I don't know how he's going to handle him, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I think Donovan maybe will be running the show, but no, nah, no, nah, we'll, we'll see how they go this year. I'm sure it'll be fine. They've, they've,
1: also, they've also lost Nick, a former teammate of yours, Nikolai Topol Stanley. He's yeah. gone to Western United.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, some of the other names that have gone that have lost gone as well. Joe Champness gone to Turkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron Devlin, good luck to him. He's been signed by Hearts, yeah, and see. Uh, a couple of other players I thought very surprising that they didn't get signed up or let go. Luis Italiano, a very handy goalkeeper, has been released. Rami Najiran has gone to the Western Sydney Wanderers along with John Kutrombus.
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. Some of those, yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Some of the ones that they've released, obviously, they just weren't up to, to standard. But others, I'm surprised like you, they haven't been snapped up by more. But those Western Sydney Wanderers, those two signings for them, Najiran and uh, Kutrombus, yeah, I think, they're going to be good signings for Western Sydney Wanderers. I think maybe just in the squad that they were in, obviously they didn't perform so well, but maybe in a new environment brings out the best in them.
1: We then go through their transfers that have come in, Three player, uh, two players coming in on loan, Samuel Silveira from Pascos de Ferreira in Portugal, yeah. Daniel Pena from Atlético Atleti- Mineiro in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um and, but the, the three names, the three local names to take note of, Matt German from the Western Sydney Wanderers, Eli Babal from Shaniat Hornbill in Thailand, and Dane Ingham from the Perth Glory.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some good little local signings there. And it looks like that the Western Sydney Wanderers and these guys have had a bit of a, a, a meeting and said, hey, if you give me some of your players, we'll give you some of ours and we'll do a little bit of a swap you know, change the environment for all those players and maybe it's better for everyone. We'll, we'll see how it pans out. But um, those two signings, you know, from one from Portugal, one from Brazil, the Samuel Silveira and Daniel Pena, these are two signings where, mm, you know, it can go one or the other way. They can be flops completely or they could light the league on fire. Um, but, yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see them lighting the league on fire, to be honest, man. I know they've come from fairly decent clubs, but, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a good year for these guys.
1: No, I think they're bottom four. Again, I think they are, for me, odds on for the spoon.
2: Yeah. Oh, mate, absolutely. You're, you're the same as me. That's what I reckon to you, mate. I think 100% wooden spoon for these guys.
1: We then go to Perth Glory, managed by you know, a very famous name in in football over the last few years in Richie Garcia. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they have suffered from the, the exodus that has occurred with Richie coming in and Popovich coming back into the coaching lineups. They've lost Neil Kilkenny, who's gone to Western United. Diego Castro has been released. We've mentioned Dan Ingham going to the Newcastle Jets. And then we mentioned the three players following Popper over to victory and Jason Guerriar, Chris Economides, and Nick D'Agostino. Mm-hmm. However, this is where it gets interesting, though, for the Perth Glory, yeah. because it has to be said, and I'm going to let you talk to it, that they have signed serious class.
2: Yeah, they absolutely they have. They have signed three, especially three signings, which I'm loving. So, one, Daniel Sturridge, right? So, we all know Sturridge, right? Used to play in Liverpool, Man City before that. Like, great, great pedigree in the game. He's coming over from Turkey, so he's going to be a great signing. Um, Potentially. I say potentially because sometimes they come over these big names and they just – coming in for a paycheck and just to see out the days. We'll see what sort of condition he's in, but he could potentially be a very good signing. Brad Jones, I think he's always going to be a good signing because he's come over from Saudi Arabia, but he always looks after himself, that guy. You know, he's very, very good professional and he's going to be a great, great addition between the sticks. And then you've got Brendan O'Neill, man, from Thailand. And, mate, you can talk to that one if you like.
1: Speaking as a Sydney FC fan... Uh, I have no hard feelings about Brandon O'Neill going over to to Perth Glory. He was a consummate professional when he was over there. He is a Perth boy originally. He acted with absolute class and distinction over at Sydney FC. He went to get himself a little bit of extra money over in Thailand, and he's announced he's going home. I can tell you now, no Sydney FC fan will hold that against him at all. He absolutely deserves it.
2: Yeah, mate, the way you've just described that, no one can begrudge any of those decisions. Absolutely. You know, he needs football is a short career. Obviously, if you can, you go overseas, you try and make a bit of coin. And then when you come back, you you go back to where the heart is, you know, your home. And that's what he's done. So I hope he has a really, really great one too. And as, as you said to me before, like, you know, he's a great bloke off the field as well. So, mate, people like that, I just, I only wish the best for. And I think he's going to be a great signing as well. I, I'm just. I'm not sure about Sturridge, man. Like, it's a great signing on paper, but I don't know if he's in the condition, or, like the right condition to be able to really light up the league. What do you reckon, man? I'll I tell you what. This is going to be one of the
1: real X factors in the competition this year, and I think a genuine dark horse. When you consider this, the lineup that they've got up front especially, Sturridge is going to be teaming up with Bruno Fornaroli and Andy Keogh, Mm -hmm. two very prolific goal scorers in this competition. Mm -hmm. They're going to have Brandon O'Neill playing in behind them, They've still got a wealth of talent in this in this lineup as well. Jack Clisby comes in to shore up defence, and you've got Brad Jones, the very experienced goalkeeper, leading them from the back. Who I believe has actually played with Sturridge in the past as well, mm. so that's probably going to help him a little bit here. For mine, I think these guys are dark horses for the final as finals, and I think they improve beyond ninth place.
2: Oh, good on you, mate. I love your optimism. I love it. <laughs> like, uh, And Perth Glory fans are going to kill me for this, but I just I don't think it's going to work out with Sturridge. I'm a bit of a pessimist on that one. I think he's a great signing on paper, as I said. He's going to bring the fans in, but he's just not going to perform on the field. Um, Brad Jones is good between the sticks, but I don't think he's going to be good enough to stop the goals flowing in. All those transfers out, some big ones like Kenny, are just going to cost the team. I think they're going to finish up in 10th place. <laughs> Sorry to say. Okay, mate yeah. ah,
1: that's okay we then move on to Sydney FC managed once again by Steve Corica. they finished second last year in the grand finals last year an unusual transfer season for Sydney FC in that it was relatively quiet yeah. uh, a couple of players released Alexander Bom Johan has been released Jordan Swibel has been has been released as well Luke Ivanovich to Brisbane Roar. sad to see this one go Ryan McGowan to q8 SC Coming into the lineup, though, Max Burge is a very handy pickup from Western United, uh, and Elvis Kamsoba from Melbourne Victory. But where they've made their biggest move is we're now starting to see genuine players coming through the youth ranks, mm-hmm. courtesy of your good mate Jimmy Van Weeren.
2: Yeah,
1: now into this Sydney FC lineup.
2: Mm, absolutely, mate. It's it's a Ah, oh, this is the team. Like, this year for me, this is it. The Sydney FC team are going to take this out because they have exactly, as you said, man, they've got some great youth uh, names coming through there. They've also got some great experience in there, like Bobo, you know, up front, Le Fondre. Like, if those guys can stay fit, you know, and Fire with the other blokes in the side. They've got Wilco there at the back. You know, Alex Wilkinson, really, really good head on him. Andrew Redmayne in between the sticks. I mean, man, it's a good, good side. And my old mate, Ryan Grant, like, you know, geez. Oh, he, he of
1: the gold, he of the golden nipple.
2: <laughs> mate, we could not mention him. Like, geez, like, oh, mate, they're going to be a great, great side this year. I think they're going to do it and they're going to win it.
1: The, just- the, other one, the other player for mine that everyone should always keep a, a look for is two-time Johnny Warren medalist, and their number 10, Miloš Ninkovic. He has, he's starting to get on in in age now. We've heard the stories about how, what it's like for him for a training these days. He can't move as much as he likes to, so he can keep himself fit. But when he's on, he is without a doubt, the best technical player in the A-League.
2: Oh yeah, man. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. He's great to watch. And obviously, they're treating him like AC Milan used to treat Paolo Maldini, yeah? They're just in between cotton pads. But mate, I would too. If you had a guy with that quality, that can come on and change the game like he does. He's a great, great player to watch, and um, totally agree with you about the the best technical player in the in the league for sure, for sure. I
1: think their their attack came on late in the season, and it was really triggered by the return of Bobo and Lafondra. They finally have some strike power, and it takes in particular it took pressure off Costa Barbarusis, who's had his own challenges off the field. Nothing untowards, but certainly difficulties involving his um he, one of his ch- children. Who uh, part of the reason why he moved to Sydney FC is because that child could get medical treatment. A bit of a distraction, but not one that you can generally be helped, um, given the circumstances. Their attack fired late; they was a little bit late coming through. But I think that this is a team that are now in a in a championship window. They're going to be top four again. They'll compete against Melbourne City for. Premiership and the Championship this year. My only concern is that in a couple of years' time, there's going to be a flood of retirements coming.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, looking further than this year, totally agree with you. They're going to have to do something there. Like, But, you know, if they end up... Champions this year, which I really do think they will, they're going to be great draw cards for anyone from other clubs to to jump on the, the bandwagon, obviously, to replace those older people that, that are going to be out.
1: And as someone who came through the system when you came over to Sydney through Manly United, how pleasing is it now for you to see three big names come through from the Manly ranks in the likes of Harry van der Sarg, yeah. uh Patrick Wood, and Callum Neuenhoff?
2: Yeah. Oh, mate, it's amazing to see that. I, I just I love it because... When I was back in the day in Manly in the Northern Beaches, mate, all the the people that would come through to Sydney FC were from from other clubs. We'd come through to Central Coast Mariners, for example. That was our sort of, you know, the way that we'd go into the A League. But mate, Sydney FC, I'm loving it because of not only that Northern Beaches connection, but also the Bathurst connection with Ryan Grant. I mean, yeah. there blokes to go who are from, you know, these little areas, country towns, as well as, you know, the Northern Beaches. And, mate, it's great to see them being given a run and – you know, taking their chance and being there and, and really, really stamping their mark. It's it's fantastic.
1: We then go to Wellington Phoenix. who we finished seventh last year. And I thought for mine, deserves more credit than what they got, uh, considering the circumstances. Orfolk Talley has done brilliantly at the Knicks over the last couple of years. He had a big job to do to step in to cover after the departure of Mark Rudin, but he has covered himself in pra- in deserved praise, and I don't think enough of it. He's lost a few players this year, but considering what they've had to go through over the last couple of years in terms of travel, in terms of changeover, you know, they're going to be a difficult team to play against this year.
2: Oh, definitely. Definitely. And he massively overachieved last year, didn't he, Matt <laughs> Talley? Like, almost making those finals. Like, no one was expecting that. But, yeah, they're hardworking. They're really, really hard working this side. And I think they're going to be very, very tough to beat as well. But they've had some big losses, man. And you can speak to that. Um, you know, especially Steve Taylor from the former Newcastle United defender that he's gone. So, that's one of them. And uh, you know the biggest one that they've probably lost, mate. Who's the who's the best playmaker? <laughs>
1: It'd be Ulysses Davila, who's That's... got obviously gone on to Macarthur FC. Should mention a couple of other players: Luke Devere, who's been with that club forever and a day. He's been released. Liam McGing has been released. Uh, Matthew Riddington released, and Charles Locco Lingoy, who got signed up last year on a short-term contract from Sydney Olympic, he's been released. Coming into the lineup. They've got Matthew Bosunovsky on loan from Melbourne Victory, Gary Hooper at the end of his loan returning from Kerala Blaster in India, and Nicholas Pennington from Olbia in Italy. I think they're going to finish in the middle four. I think they'll miss out on the files. They just need to find that sort of X factor to come into the team. The last couple of years, it was Ulysses Davila. They need to find someone new for that.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I really feel like that, that loss of Villa is going to affect them pretty, pretty heavily. They're going to have a very tough season ahead. I think they're still going to be hard to break down, like you say. tello has got them playing like that, but they're going to end up in ninth, in my opinion.
1: Probably a fair call on that, all things considered, in terms of the position. Let's move on to the Western Sydney Wanderers. And once again, the um, the identity crisis for the Wanderers continue. They just have not found any rhythm since the departure of Tony Popovich.
2: Yeah, I know, mate. It's, it's so true. They just has not found their style. They they don't look, like, comfortable when they're playing. Um, yeah, back in the day, the Western Sydney Wanderers, they knew exactly how they were playing. You know, everyone knew what you were going to get. But, but nowadays, it's just they've gotten real – they still lack that identity, don't they? They're still trying to find – the way to play together as a team. Well,
1: we go through some of the, the changes within the players going out and some big ones in here. Scott McDonald released Patrick Ziegler released Dylan McGowan off to Kilmanock in Scotland. Nikolai Mueller, we've already mentioned to Central Coast Mariners and, I think the one that's going to hurt them the most, Mitch Duke, to, at the end of his loan,
2: back to Al Yeah, man. I was hoping Mitch Duke was going to stay around in us, mate, for a bit longer, He'll let us watch him play a bit longer. But, yeah, he's gone back, and um, that's, that's going to hurt him. Exactly. That's going to hurt him a lot. Coming into the lineup, though, this is where I think it, they
1: are the big unknown because they can go anywhere. They've signed another Japanese striker, which they always seem to have a good record with doing, for in sure. Kajiro Ogawa who's mm-hmm. on loan from Yokohama. Yeah. They've signed two very popular Sydney Sydney juniors in Dimitri Petratos and Terry yeah. Antonis. Yes, they're back again. Yeah. Uh, they picked up Adama Traore from Melbourne Victory, Thomas Meas from Ancraspor in Turkey, and Reese Williams from Al-Qadzia in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Some very handy signings here, and I think – well, everyone's going to go on about Agawa, Petratos, and Antonis. The one for mind mm. is Thomas Meas, the Spanish goalkeeper, who's going to put a lot of pressure on Vedran Janjetovic. Oh,
2: me too. I'm so glad you said that, mate, because I am 100% like in agreement with you on that one. Um, this guy, like being over in Spain, obviously, and, and seeing the guys over there, like that's the lead that I was following for a long, long time. You know, we all know about him. Like he started at Real Madrid, you know, had – uh, even had a game there. He made his debut with those guys, but never really got out of the Real Madrid B side, but still very, very good level. But then he went and um, followed Karanka to Middlesbrough, had a really good little run there at Middlesbrough, and then off to, you know, Turkey to play for a few years. But, mate, that guy's still quality. He's a very, very quality, quality keeper, and I think he's going to make that defence so much, so much better than last year. Does
1: he take Janjadovic's position?
2: Yes. In my opinion, yes. Like, he's a good keeper, but this guy. I think you can you can rely on him more, don't you reckon? I think so as well. Janiévich's Janiévich's strength. Speaking
1: as a, as a goalkeeper, his big strength was his reaction time, yeah. lightning quick. Yeah. But he, with that, when you have exceptionally quick reaction time, you lose um, the softness of your hands to be able to catch the ball. And he always went at balls with very hard hands. As a result, yeah. so it tends to be. You know, it's a bit of a trade-off in that in that area, and I feel like Janjetovic's keeping style is probably now starting to move against him, and he probably needs to retrain himself to be able to have softer hands, which we haven't seen the likes of really since that that amazing season that Danny Vukovic had for Sydney FC where he couldn't help but catch everything
2: yeah mate that's a very very good call about the goalkeeper mate you can you can tell you know what you're talking about with that one mate for sure absolutely about the hands and everything I, I hadn't thought about that but actually that's that's a really really good um, advice and yeah if he can improve on that you know obviously the guy's going to be a great great keeper as well and, and obviously be, you know, competing with Thomas Mejas for that, for that position. The only thing I don't see, man, is um, Ogawa, the the signing that they've made from, you know, from Japan, obviously. Um, you know, he's, I've been watching him a little bit and he's good. He's quick. He's just like he, he's everything you want, in a, you know, that they usually expect from these Asian players that, that run hard, they're quick, they've got great technique. But the guy is not a goal scorer. You know, he's not going to get them the, the goals they need. He's going to be, you know, there or thereabouts setting up goals, I think. But he's, you know, he's he had one goal in twenty three games last year. I mean, he's not going to give them the goals that they need. That's for sure.
1: So they're going to. You're you're probably suggesting here that they're going to be relying on the likes of Petratos and yes. Bernie Abini in front. To get their
2: goals. 100%. 100%. And this makes me feel really old because Petrados and and Tonas, you know, um, yeah, Ibini, these guys were like wonder kids, you know. (laughs) Like I I still thought they were like, you know, these really young wonder kids, but, mate, they're getting on too and it's just, yeah, time moves on. But, mate, now they've got that experience and I think they're going to be the ones that you have to rely on to get those goals for for this team.
1: I've tipped them in the middle four. Mm -hmm. They, They are the unknown. I have no idea where they're going to finish.
2: Me either, mate. I definitely agree with you. I think they're going to be, yeah, number – like, yeah, they're going to finish in eighth, exactly, that middle four as well. But just – yeah, and I, I really do feel like eighth. But who knows, mate? They could be down. They could be further up. Very tough call, that one.
1: We then move on to the last team in the lineup. It is Western United. And I'll tell you what, this this guy has had more coaching gigs at different clubs than I have had hot meals in the last three days, honestly. <laughs>
2: He just keeps coming back doesn't he? He's just like mate respawns every time you think you've 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 got it rid of him No, but but um now he's a great bloke too Aloisi like um when I was at Mariners for for you know for a few pre-seasons there um, he was he was one of the nicest blokes, uh, like big, big names, because you, you deal with a lot of big-name people as well, um, sometimes in football, and they just – they're kind of disappointing because, you know, they do feel like they're superior. They sort of act like they're superior. But Aloisi was always a really, really good bloke, really good people person, treated everyone the same. So I've always wished the best for him. And, and in my opinion, it's good to see him back. I don't know if you you like seeing him back.
1: <laughs> I, I, no, I've got to be fair. I like him. I, yeah. I, lo- I loved him as a player, I thought. Everyone didn't give him enough credit uh, sure. when he was back in the A League. Uh, I still think he's got one of the as a striker one of the best left foots Australia's ever produced. Sure. Um, that, that the the image that still comes to mind is the goal he scored to wrap up yeah. Sydney's premiership win against Melbourne. Victory yeah. that left foot rocket from thirty five meters. Uh, I was standing. Yeah. I, it was it was I, I had a position right in the cove. And I was standing right behind behind the goal in line with where he took the shot. As soon as he hit it, I stood up straight away because I thought, oh, that's close. Yeah, like that was. I thought that was going to be close, and he just rocketed it into the top corner from thirty-five
2: meters. Jeez, man, I have got goosebumps just listening to that. (laughs) That is a great, great retelling of that goal. When
1: when he hits, when he does hit them, when he did hit them back in the day, they stayed hit. Yeah, Yeah. so um, he's going to give him. He's going to give him a bit of excitement. But this Western United team, you know, we spoke about Macarthur FC resembling Dad's Army. This one was even
2: worse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The wheels really just did come off last year, didn't they? For Mark Rudin, I mean, the average age, as you you know you said before, like the average age of the team just caught up with them, big time, big time. And at the end of the season, like losing six games in a row. I mean, imagine what that dressing room would have been like, you know, like, oh, geez, going in for training and and, and the team talks after, like, a, it would have been a nightmare, a nightmare.
1: And, and some of the names that they've had to let go has been, you know, pretty telling. Brendan Hamill off to Melbourne victory. Andrew Durante retiring. Max Burgess, I think, probably one of the few younger players that they're probably going to re- re- regret letting go. He's off to Sydney FC. Victor yeah. Sanchez released. Kane Shepard released. But... Uh, the one that eventually had to happen, Bessa Barisha has gone home to Kosovo. A stalwart of the A-League for ages, one of the most prolific strikers. I think the highest goal scorer in A-League history, but yeah. his time was well and truly up.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it, it's sad to admit it because, you know, you always knew, you know, he had it in him. Like, you think, but it's Barisha. you know. You, you know, we'll keep him on the books because he could always score this, this winning goal for us because he's got it in him. But you're absolutely right. They were sort of carrying him towards the end, and I think it was it was a good time to go. Uh, but you know, obviously, he's done a great, great, great service for the A League, and I'll only ever have good things to say about him for sure. He, he was
1: he was a very good bad guy, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely.
1: He um they they have retained one old head in the lineup, and probably the one they needed to retain the most, which is the Italian centre midfielder in Alessandro Diamanti.
2: Very handy player and still is to this day. Oh, great player. The first time they signed him, I couldn't believe it. Like, the dude is awesome. I think he could have played even more time in, you know, over there in Italy before he'd come back here. Like, you know, obviously finish his season out in in Australia. But... But, uh, yeah, he's a great person to keep on the books, for sure, for sure. And I think, um, you know, Topper Stanley is also a good addition as well, you know, that they have brought in in defence there. I think he's going to add a bit of stability. Neil Kilkenny, as I said, I think Perth Glory are going to regret, you know, him going, and, and these guys are just going to reap those benefits from that. And um, Jamie Young as well from Brisbane Raw, good goalkeeper. What do you reckon? Very,
1: very handy goalkeeper there. One, the other one I think I'm very happy that they managed to hang on for him, one that doesn't get enough credit is Stephen Lustica. In, in midfield, just a hard-working midfielder, someone who's going to work well and have, create a really good um, combination with a soccer defender in Josh Risden.
2: Mm, mm, absolutely, yeah. Unsung hero, Lustiger, man. I, I totally agree with you. I think if you ask most people about him, they'd agree with you that he's a good player, but he just, no one ever mentions him, do they? Like, he's just sort of one of those yep. guys that's just invisible, but he's very, very much um, integral as well to the team, I agree. Uh, the
1: question is, can... John Aloisi dragged this team back up after having the second worst attack and the second worst defence, and only managing to finish tenth because of how well they started and the middle third of their the middle third of their season, where they got as high as sixth place. I don't think they can. I think they're bottom four. I think this is a two to three year project. To get them through this initial hump,
2: I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you, mate. I think these guys are going to end up second last. You know, they're not going to be quite last—that's Newcastle Jets' spot. But yeah, they are definitely a work in progress. This is going to take a few years, man, and unfortunately. But mate, hopefully, John Aloisi. Well, I wish him all the best, and I hope it goes well for him.
1: Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is full time here on the A the preview for the A League men's competition for season twenty one. 2022. First off, I want to thank off my very special guest, Michael Lloyd-Green for joining us here for the show and you're probably going to be excited about next week as well because we're going to do the A-League Women's Preview and I can confirm our two guests joining us will be Caitlin Jarvie, formerly of the Western Sydney Wanderers and someone who's a very good friend of yours in Gillian Foster.
2: Oh, man. Jill, please say hi to to Jill for me. She's an absolute legend, one of the greats of the game and an even better person. So, mate, two really, really good people you got. Good signings, mate, for that panel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that one there. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com. Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountant, the Hornsby Guy Post, the Hornsby RSL, and ISC Sports. On behalf of Michael Lloyd Green, I'm Anthony Caruso. Run hard or run home. Good night.
0: Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites.